0: You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk
1: about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo.
0: And I am joined by the beautiful, talented Dr. Lydia Martinez, a Christian therapist and mental health counselor. And my friend, welcome back, Dr. (laughs)
1: Hi, welcome back, Lisa. You don't know how it warms my heart that we have the capacity to be able to reach out to people who may be lonely, maybe thinking thoughts that aren't um aren't very good, feeling, and um, we may be able to give at least some encouragement, especially when there is so many things out there that are are the complete opposite. Um so today's topic I think is very timely. I think we're going to be talking about like what our purpose is, how that ties into loneliness.
0: Right. Well, biblical purpose refers to the reason or the intention that God has created a human being and the world. And its ultimate goal that God has set for humanity, which is to know him, to love him, to live according to his will. And according to the Bible, God created humans in his image and likeness that every time I I hear that God created me in his likeness. It reminds me how far I am from my purpose, Mm. but also to have a relationship with him. And then we're called to be his representatives on earth. So it's associated with fulfilling God's plan for our own lives in the wider sense of what is he called? Well, he's called us all to fulfill his plan of redemption and salvation through Jesus. And then he offers us this opportunity to be reconciled by him, to him, and then to be used by him. And he gives us all different callings and purpose in life. Now, without said, when we wrap up our purpose and calling in even good things, and those things grow up, (laughs) move away. (laughs) Are you getting the idea? Yeah, emptiness. We've been talking a lot about the struggle that a lot of people are going through with feeling empty or worthless, meaningless, hopeless, you name it, and how, especially for our generation and my friends, it has a lot to do with, man, we've been a mom, and we've been tied up in that title for so long, and now, do the kids really need us around anymore? We tend to be annoying, and, hmm, Dr. Lydia, we need help.
1: Well, let's talk about what causes emptiness, first of all, just, I'm going to use sort of a funnel way of thinking, okay, we're going to talk about general emptiness, and then we're going to bring it in closer to home to empty nesters, okay, and and purpose driven, okay, so first, let's talk about um, those feelings of emptiness, how we can sift through and figure out it, is this a deeper psychological issue or not? So sometimes feelings of trauma, feelings of emptiness come from, are rooted in trauma or loss or maybe something that happened a long time ago. And so while we've been busy in our children or busy with a project, we kind of hide it, put it, under, sweep it under the rug or or put it in a closet. And sometimes we're not thinking about those things And then we are forced to think about those things when, when our children grow up or when we're done with that project and when we're done distracting ourselves, even a long term distraction, like, like raising a child. Yeah. So sometimes um, that, that might be a root of what the emptiness might be, or it might be a, a loss, you know, like we may be experiencing a loss, a feeling of a loss. So, mm-hmm. you're grieving anytime you lose anything, you go through a period of grieving. I'm not talking about losing your keys, I'm talking about losing your sense of worth. Okay. And every time you do that, it's just like losing a lot, like losing a loved one, um, or a feeling of like something's missing in your life that maybe you felt connected to. Yeah. Um, like being connected to being a parent. And then that role is shifting. So like, how do you reinvent yourself or how do you become a a different, how do you adapt better? Right? So sometimes we have uh, mood disorders or personality disorders that are um, underlying and while we are again distracted with parenting, or distracted with a long-term project, or you have somewhere where you're feeling good, and then that ends, that season ends, then that mood disorder or the personality disorder kind of those symptoms are um, are out in the open. And mm. then the last one I want to talk about is like um, on occasion we'll have unhealthy coping mechanisms over a period of time. What does that mean that? Sometimes people want to repress or numb their emotions with, you know, the solution sometimes becomes greater than the problem. So they'll find alcohol or drugs or sex or or doing something unhealthy in the place of Mm -hmm. when these feelings come about. So these are some sort of underlying causes of feelings of emptiness. And when we are done, with a transition, sometimes they, these feelings of emptiness sort of are raw and in the middle, and we, we don't know how to how to get to them. But the difference between someone who has good coping skills and the difference between someone who doesn't, I think has a lot to do with being in the word. Because right off the bat, the word gives us hope and encouragement. I know you have some scriptures for us. In this area, right? Well, also, I
0: just want to say before we go there that then we have this tool of the enemy that he loves to use on women, which is when we're discouraged or feeling down, depressed, alone, whatever it is, he tells us to isolate and he takes us to a place where we're alone. And then guess what? We can't discuss it with our friends who might be going through a similar situation, having the same feelings than somebody that we can lock arms with and pray with, somebody who can understand my heart, somebody who can validate what I'm feeling. So he loves to isolate us. He loves to isolate me and tell me just, you know, don't bring people down, just deal with it. But boy, how much better I feel once I can tell a trusted friend, I'm struggling this week. I'm not Mm -hmm. feeling myself. Can you pray for me? Can you encourage me? Can you walk alongside me? And it really does make a difference and god tells us in second corinthians 12:9 that his grace is sufficient. now that sounds like hey, it's okay, i'm going to give you enough. it's fine. you're fine. you're fine. no, that's not what he says. he says i see your pain. i see your weaknesses. i'm going to give you enough grace to get through this because his power is made perfect in our weakness. so could it be that when god acknowledges or reveals to us our weaknesses, when he shows us, yes, you've been uh, making an idol of this thing. Maybe your own children. Maybe when you re- he shows you that you've been covering up what he's trying to deal with for years, keeping yourself busy. How is his power made perfect in that? Because it gives us the opportunity to confess it, to ask him for healing, to talk to him about it. And that's when his power is made perfect. And therefore I can boast in my weakness. I can say, wow, this weakness, this pain I went through allowed me to see this deficit in my heart, take it to God. And now the power of Christ rests on me.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. And I think that, again, turning to God's word, already being a Christian and going through something like this kind of emptiness is um, probably going to be easier if you have God already in your heart. Right. But for those people who don't have that relationship with God, it's also now a great opportunity to develop that relationship. So, Lisa, did you know that there really is a thing called emptiness syndrome?
0: Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Listen, um, my house is full,
0: but every, you know, I have adult children. They're adults. So I, God has been gracious with me to give me A slow version of emptiness where, yeah, they're not really (laughs) coming to you as much and they have their own lives. So it's letting me see it, but it's been gracious and allowing Mm -hmm. me to do it little by little.
1: Oh, that is nice. That's wonderful. Um, And it's really interesting because as children develop, so do our parenting skills. They should develop too, right? Right. And our need to be needed changes. Yeah. Right. So like when a child is little, we obviously have to do everything for them. When a baby, you have to feed them, wipe their butts, everything. Then as they become toddlers or, you know, entering school, we're no longer helping them, assist them with it. We prepare the sandwich, but we don't feed them. We don't wipe their butts anymore, but you've taught them to do that already for themselves. So um, same thing on this end, you know, as children develop, then our need to be needed should also develop and grow and learn and it's very interesting because there are there is a process there's some stages that we go through and it's grief relief and then joy and you can read more about that yourself with from karen rubenstein she's the author of beyond the mommy years how to live happily ever after i think it's really nice to know that um but there, there can be some joy to this grieving, to this transition into another season. Yeah. And the wonderful part about it is that, um, yeah, you you will have to grieve, you will have to let it go, um, eventually. And and there's no rush. There's definitely no rush. But I think that becoming aware of what these stages are is the first step. So grief, relief, and then joy. I look forward to the joy. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. You know, I think
0: it, it becomes a time when you can really invest in yourself, start working out, start taking a walk outside. We know that, that is, there is a biblical basis, a biblical mm-hmm. proof that God called us to walk outside the trees, all of that, all of nature testifies about God's goodness. So getting mm-hmm. outside and walking and appreciating God's creation is one thing. Also, hello, maybe it's time to serve others. Find some place you can volunteer, call your church, get involved, work on your other relationships, especially your marriage. If you're married and your kids are moving on, that's a good time to work on your marriage, because maybe for the past 20 years, you've been neglecting it a little bit. I hope not, but maybe. And mm-hmm. relationships as well. It's a great time to connect on another level with others.
1: Right, and it's normal. It's very normal to have feelings of sadness and anxiety and a loss of purpose. Okay, so there are some stages of grief that I think that we all need to sort of learn about for ourselves, so that we're like, oh, okay, um, we're going through this, and it's normal, and we're not gonna, you're not gonna stay here. This isn't a place where you're just gonna be stunted. So it's important that you know that you're gonna go through some stages. Some are going to go through it smoother than others, because it's going to depend on your level of, um, of acceptance. And then once you realize these things and you pray through it, or you find coping skills to go with it, you can find a a change of purpose. All those suggestions you gave were really good ways to shift, but sometimes we have to deal with the emotions first so that then therefore we can be 100% present with our husbands 100% present and sometimes you just have to give yourself a little time to just be a little sad right um know that when the anxiety comes it's it's okay um don't make any major decisions while you're going through any of the stages mm-hmm. um and and know that this too shall pass right. so let me tell you a little bit about the stages of grief so you realize that you're going to go through these and and that there's the light at the end of the tunnel there will be some sadness may may make some depression there will be some some anxiety definitely it may may make even uh, at the most a panic attack there may be some even some some guilt that goes through but it's okay when i say it's okay you're thinking it's not okay it really is not okay depending on how deep you are into these feelings should be how you can recognize if you need to seek help and assistance to help you through these stages, but they are only stages. And as you go through them, as uncomfortable as they may be, you do need to realize that they are temporary. Okay. So some people may have coping skills already built in. So we may start with and, and not in any order. So you will have some like sadness, depression, anger, bargaining. You may even do some bargaining uh, with yourself or with others, negotiations, you know, I should have, could have, would have kind of thinking. Yeah. Um, until you finally land the plane in acceptance. And it, it's like any other kind of transition. So you're still going to be a mother. You're just going to be needed differently. So your need to be needed will be different. As long as you don't have the danger zones, the red zone, is as long as you don't have any thoughts of suicide or thoughts of homicide, um, then you're good. But if you're having any of those uh, or you're having trouble getting out of bed, then then you really need to seek some professional counseling. Um, But outside of the red zones, at this point, we should have some coping skills And you need to recognize what your triggers are so that you don't let yourself slide down that rabbit hole of those long, dark feelings. Right. I think one thing that I've learned is the
0: challenging negative thoughts. So when a negative thought arrives, then challenge them with evidence-based questions. For example, if someone is thinking, my kids don't need me anymore, so I'm useless, then ask a question like, is that really true? Do my kids not need me at all? Or is it just different? What evidence do I have to support that they no longer that thought? And are there other ways that I can be useful besides taking care of my kids? So just thinking outside of the box, questioning yourself, am I useless? No, I'm not useless. I just have a different use. And then finding that and practicing some self-compassion, treat yourself the same kindness with the same kindness and understanding that you would offer to a friend that came to you with those same issues and setting new goals for yourself. What do I need to do now? What's next in my life? Maybe it's writing a book. Maybe it's, you know, volunteering at your church. Maybe it's opening a Bible study and a prayer group for women going through the same thing in your community, in your own home. And then connecting with others, seeking new social and uh, social circles and support from the people around
1: you. I think all of those are great suggestions. The important thing is to realize that while you're going through these feelings, that feelings come and go. And as you are learning about yourself or kind of rediscovering yourself, it's also important that you ground yourself. Do you know what I mean when I say ground yourself?
0: You mean go outside and stand in the grass?
1: (laughs) That's very organically grounding yourself. Sure, sure. You could do that too. But there is um grounding techniques that you can use to kind of bring yourself back to the reality. So you don't let your mind kind of run away with a, a thought down an irrational path that that feels very uncomfortable and you don't know how to get out of it. So there are different grounding techniques. One of my favorite is to use your senses. It's um it's called the 54321 grounding technique. And you can use five things you see, okay, that sense around you. Four things you touch, three things you hear, two things you smell, and one thing you taste. You know what's nice about this is that it totally grounds you, brings you back to reality. This is a really good technique to use, grounding techniques, a grounding exercise, especially like if you're laying down, your mind is rambling, running around, and you just can't get that rest right? So sometimes you have to sort of distract your mind and grounding exercises are excellent to help you to ground you, to help you to rest. So you can let your, your body go through that process of winding down. And it doesn't have to be just when you go to bed, this could be like, if, if you're like not knowing what you're, what you're doing, uh, feeling lost, go through the grounding techniques, five things you see around you, four things that you can touch around you, three things that you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And let me tell you that once you kind of distract yourself from those ruminating thoughts, even that is enough to bring you physically in a place where you can relax.
0: One tool that I love is the ABC tool. You think of one word that represents each letter in the alphabet That is an attribute of the Lord. So as you think of God's attributes and you think of what is unchanging about him and you focus on those things, it helps me to get my mind from worrying or focusing on what I see wrong. It stops me from focusing on that and I put it in God's hands. Ephesians 3, starting in verse 16 says, I pray that out of the glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying, I see your inner self-suffering. I see your inner being, your heart, your feelings, your emotions. And he has the power to strengthen that weakness so that Christ may dwell in your hearts with faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, so if, if our foundation is the love of God, that's unchanging, even though everything in the world in our lives might be changing, we we can rest or lean or put our weight in his love because we are rooted, rooted and established there. And it says, then we will have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with measure with the fullness of God. When you're feeling empty, go to God and ask him to fill you with the measure of his fullness. And then lean, remember, meditate on God's love for you. How wide, how long visualize that and think about those things. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to have changes in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. And how we get through those, how we, we don't want to make more unhealthy coping skills. Our number one coping skill should be running to God, running to his word, going to his people for help, praying, seeking out the true healer of our hearts, and then really bringing in and acknowledging it. Like we don't want to talk to God about what's really happening. He's your friend. He is your best friend. Go to him, Mm -hmm. sit with him for a while at his feet, open his word, and find his love there poured out for you.
1: Hmm. Oh, Lisa, I really do feel that the Bible and prayer and the Holy Spirit, while we have so many tools as Christians, for those who already have God in their hearts, and for those who don't, wow, there is just a whole new opportunity of resources that God is providing for us living Resources for us to be able to lean on. I think that this is a wonderful talk, a wonderful podcast to help just make women who are out there feeling like they're empty or feeling like they've got that um, emptiness syndrome know that there's hope, know that God loves you, know that there are so many resources out there for you. And um, we are not made to be alone, we are definitely made to connect with others. Um, If you can't find any connection or find that you're having trouble talking to people about your feelings, you can always call in the state of Florida. We are able to give any kind of counseling to um, anyone who needs it. So we take insurance now. We take a lot of different insurances. And I would love to be able to give you some of those services. I have some great therapists on board who are faith-based. We pray with all of our accounts, with all of our clients. And um, if you need help, just reach out. Can I give that number here?
0: Absolutely. And I'll also add that in our notes.
1: 786-565-6916.
0: Thank you, Dr. Lydia. And I hope that if you're struggling today and you're feeling a little lost, a little useless, quote unquote, a little hopeless, that you will take a minute and use some of these techniques today. Don't wait till tomorrow. One thing I want to share with you in closing is you have something you can do today that will change your heart, reading God's word, praying to the Holy spirit and asking for help. But also you can grab a steno pad in your house. We all have them a notepad and write one, two, three, and today's date. And i challenge you to find three things today that you are thankful for. And then I challenge you to do the same thing tomorrow. And if you don't know what to pray, just thank God for those three things. Express Mm -hmm. to God, I'm thankful for one, two, and three cultivate an attitude of gratitude in your heart. Focus on what you have and not what you don't have, because we do have a God that gives and takes away, but we also have a God that is abounding in love and pours out his Holy Spirit on us. I want to thank you all for listening. And let's just close in a quick prayer.
1: Thank you, Father God. Thank you for everything you do to take care of us, to provide for us. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you to, that you have carved out the time for us to be able to get together and that you have weaved our relationships together for me and Lisa to be able to do this at this time in our lives. I pray that this podcast would be something that would help whoever is listening so that they find purpose, so that they find you, so that they would pray and that they would realize that the Holy Spirit is just eager to help them and provide them comfort peace and that joy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening, friends. Until next time.
1: Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?